Hello, welcome to Audiobooks All Day Podcast. This is Jeff. And this is Kevin. And today we're going to be having Chapter 5, which encompasses a book called Seven Brief Lessons on Physics. So strap on those Brainiac caps and we're going to dive right in. Okay, so just some fast facts coming at you real quick is that it was authored by a man named Carlo Ravelli. A little about Paolo, uh, Carlo Ravelli is that he's an Italian physicist and he really focuses on post-Einstein thought in terms of physics. Uh, the book is super short. When you're listening to it, it's just um, over an hour, really. Um, it's, and it's a great science book that I think that everybody should read. Uh, but Kevin, why don't you just kind of take us through a little bit of why you read it? So like most people, I like to think that I'm smart. But also like most people, I'm not. So I, <laughs> I, I wanted to you know broaden my horizons. I've always liked science and especially stuff like science fiction and thinking about space and whatnot. But I thought I should learn something about actual science. And Jeff, I asked Jeff what were some books that he'd read about science, so he told me to check this one out, and I did. What about you? Why did you read it? Well, I read it because when I was in college, uh, we had to take this class called Physical Science, and it was pretty much just an overview of all things science. And I had never actually taken a, phys- a physics class before. I'd taken, uh, you know, I mean, I'd taken things like geometry and chemistry that had, you know, little aspects of the physics realm, but I had never actually studied straight up physics. And so one of the uh, modules in that was to uh, study physics. And it just so happened that our professor uh, is a physicist and specifically he studies black holes. So it was super awesome to see how much he knew about science and like how awesome it actually makes the future seem. Because having an, an understanding of physics, as we kind of learned in this book, it actually has the power to dictate how we will one day leave this galaxy, how we'll one day become interplanetary species, uh, one day how we will, you know, really make humans kind of take the next evolutionary leap in our development. And so when I, fu- when I saw this book, it was one of those that was just suggested by the library app. I totally hopped on it, especially because it was short and um, my poor little brain probably wouldn't be able to take um, a longer one quite yet. And so that, that was probably one of my main motivations is kind of an inspiration by my teacher, and I just wanted to learn more. That's really cool. I, uh, I took a physics class in college as well, but I was really swamped with my other major classes, so I just kind of I took the textbook and I read it for about a week and just studied my brains out, and then I took a test and uh, got to drop the class because I got high enough on the test which you would think would mean I know a lot about physics, but actually just means I was pretty good at cramming and I didn't actually learn anything. So this book uh, condenses the revelations of uh, post-Newtonian physics, kind of how I was saying, and it really goes from Einstein's theory of relativity to quantum mechanics, and it breaks it down into seven brief, fairly accessible lessons. Uh, The author really manages to condense Einstein's general theory of relativity, um, quantum mechanics, the architecture of the universe, elementary particles, quantum gravity, and probability black holes, time, and mankind all into literally 78 pages. 
And those uh, little points that I was mentioning before are actually all of the lessons. So to break it down one more time, uh, the lessons have to do with Einstein's uh, theory or general theory of relativity, not to be confused with the special theory of relativity, quantum mechanics, the architecture of the universe, elementary particles, quantum gravity, probability black holes, and time, and mankind. So just kind of going in, I think what, I'll, what I'd like to do is just highlight a couple of the lessons that really stood out to me, and then I'll throw it over to Kevin. But lesson one was really awesome. It, the lesson one was called the most beautiful of theories, and as it talks about the general theory of relativity, it mentions and kind of deals with how gravity influences the universe with respect to time and space. So using time and space as anchors, and then using everything else, if you can manipulate either time or space, um, then it can change, you know, your perspective as a human uh, relative to those two things. Uh, lesson two I also really liked. It's called the quanta, and it deals with quantum mechanics, and it describes nature uh, at the smallest scales of energy levels of at, like of the energy levels of atoms and subatomic particles. It's so difficult to even say. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it just really, really gets down to the basis of what we know even exists. And I just think every time of Ant-Man cruising down to the quantum realm, um, can't wait for Avengers Endgame. Um, the other lessons deal with heat, black holes, and yeah, it finally culminates with ourselves. And I just kind of want to focus just for a second on that last part. Um, he says at the very end of the book, and I just would like to quote this real quick. So I thought it was pretty beautiful. I believe, quote, I believe that our species will not last long. And I, when I read that, I was like, uh, wait, what? But he kind of goes on to explain, it does not seem to be made of the stuff that has allowed the turtle, for example, to continue to exist more or less unchanged for hundreds of millions of years. For hundreds of times longer, that is, than we have been in existence. We belong to a short-lived genus of species. All of our cousins are already extinct. What's uh, more, we do damage. There are frontiers where we are learning, and our desire for knowledge burns. They are in the most minute uh, reaches of the fabric of space, at the origins of the cosmos, in the nature of time in the phenomenon of black holes and in the workings of our own thought processes. Here, on the edge of what we know, in contact with the ocean of the unknown, shines the mystery and the beauty of the world and is breathtaking. So I think what I really like about that is that he kind of starts off with this bleak view of uh, mankind's fate, uh, saying that we won't last long, but at the same time we still have the capacity to look forward and to think of these things and that that is actually insanely beautiful, even despite the fact that we do damage and the fact that, you know, all of our cousins are extinct and that we are a species that is apt to change. But I think that that's a good thing because we eventually will change ourselves into something pretty special. So I actually really, really liked that last part as well. I remember being in the car and I heard it and I thought, oh, that's really cool. So I kept rewinding and I listened to it about four or five times, just trying to understand what he was saying. And what I loved, which was also one of my major takeaways was he said, here on the edge of what we know. And to me, that's a really, really cool metaphor, implying that we have we are on the edge, but that there's so much more, you know, like on the edge of every cliff, like a cliff that leads to the ocean, there's the whole ocean in front of you. And that's really 
one of the things he's trying to communicate in this book is that we know a lot, but there is infinitely more that we don't know. And there's this beautiful science frontier that's waiting for us. All we need to do is just reach out and explore it. But what about you, Jeff? What's one of the main takeaways that you have from this book? So I had three takeaways. Um, one that piggybacks off of yours is that physics is a developing discipline. Um, it's changing all the time. Uh, I think Einstein really showed that Newtonian physics, which is um, laid out super well. You should probably just look it up because we probably don't have enough time to cover it here. But that Einstein's theory of relativity actually conflicts with some things that we know in Newtonian physics, which means that in different scenarios, in different places of the universe, in different speeds and different things like that, different laws of physics actually apply. So it's always changing, and as we get more advanced as a species, we're going to see that. My second takeaway was that the development of physics will help us get out of the galaxy. Uh, he talks a lot about this, and I didn't really touch on it a ton during my breakdown, but using physics uh, will be able to actually, it will be the factor that will propel us out of the galaxy and kind of piggybacking on that. Time travel is technically possible with relativity. And I just like to think of this example. If you're going super, super fast in a spaceship, you going super fast will actually mean that time technically slows down for you than it would for people on Earth. And so what that could mean is that if you're traveling at light speed to the other end of the galaxy and back, you know, 100 years could pass. And so while from your perspective, not that much time passed, a lot of time did pass. So technically travel into the future is possible, although he made it very clear that travel to the past, even with using wormholes and, you know, black holes and stuff, uh, it does not seem to be possible. And he was thus kind of a, a critic of interstellar for some of those reasons. You know, some of it was good science, some of it wasn't. Um, but th those are just some things that I took away. Yeah, I, I already said my main takeaway of science being a frontier. You know, my other thing is what, what's something that's so cool is that everything seems to relate to other things. You know, in, in physics and science, it's all about relationships of whether it's matter or time or space. It's just relationships. And all it is is just trying to figure it out. And there's so much more for us to figure out. And my last thing, if we can get to a galaxy far, far away, <laughs> I believe we can get back to a long time ago. And if we can get a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, sign me up. I will be first in line for some of that. Now, of course, he says that time travel backwards may not be possible, but as we already said, and he said, science is a frontier. We just got to get there. Amen to that. Thank you all so much for joining in this, uh, this episode. We love this book. Please pick it up, especially for all you not as sciencey people. You will definitely love it. Thank you. Thank you.